So my name is Katie. For those of you that don't know me, um, I am married to Paul, my wonderful husband, who got to share last week. And Paul and I have been on eldership here for the last five years since we got married. Um, Paul's been on eldership longer than that. Um, but yeah, we love this church. We love being able to serve this church. And um, thank you to this team. We love this team. So thank you to the team for giving me some space and opportunity to talk to you guys this morning. It's kind of like a diving board. You kind of just have to dive in. Keep going. Okay. Um, so one of the things I love um, that God has given us an ability is the ability to have memories. I really love kind of walking down memory lane Thinking about times past, you get kind of warm and fuzzy. I really love those Facebook memories that pop up with the pictures. I'm like, oh, you know. Um, But have you ever gone back to some of those places that you had memories in? Maybe places that you played as a kid or houses that you lived in. And it's just slightly different than you remember. Like the trees don't seem quite as big or the, the hill doesn't seem quite as steep. Um, we used, there was a creek that we used to play in when I was little and I went back and I was like, this is kind of pathetic. It felt like we were crossing the Nile, you know, when we were little and it's this tiny little thing. And, you know, it's funny because sometimes those places haven't actually changed that much. Sometimes they have, but often it's our perspective that has changed. Would you agree with me? And so Hopefully, as we've gotten older, our perspective has matured and changed. Um, And I want to talk a bit about perspective today. Um, We're looking back over the book of Exodus and picking out some highlights. And there's a moment with the Israelites that perspective is very key to their story and their journey. Um, Like Paul shared last week, the Israelites, they escape from Egypt Right, God miraculously delivers them. They're free from slavery, from bondage. Um, and they're starting to journey into the desert. And God's providing for them manna, water, right, meat. He's protecting them. And where we're going to pick up today is they come to the border of the promised land. This may sound familiar to you guys. And Moses sends out the 12 spies to scout out the land. And these 12 men go out on behalf of their nation, and they come back with two very different reports. They come back with two very different perspectives. And literally, the course of a nation is changed because they choose to believe one of the perspectives. I'm not going to give the whole story away, but many of you are familiar with this story So let's read it together. We're going to go to Numbers chapter 13. Um, This story can also be found in Deuteronomy chapter 1, but we're going to camp more in in, uh, Numbers this morning. So verse 1 says, and we're going to read a bit, so stick with me here. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man. Everyone a chief among them. And then he goes through and he names them all and he says what tribe they're from. We're going to skip through that for time. Pick up in verse 17. So Moses sent them and he says to them, so this is their charge, go into the Negeb, go up into the hill country, see what the land is and whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether they're few or many. 
whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities are in camps or strongholds, right? Whether the lich, the, the lich, the land is rich or poor, and are there trees or not? Be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. So they went up, they spied out the land. We're going to kind of skip through a bit here, but it says that they go, they seek out the land, they cut down a cluster of grapes. How many of you guys remember the grapes as a kid? That's what stuck out to me in this story. I had a teacher that had us draw the Bible stories, and I remember trying to draw these oversized grapes that these guys could carry. But it was. The, the land was rich. The fruit was rich, so much so that it says the two men had to carry this cluster of grapes on a pole. Pick up again in verse 25 of chapter 13. At the end of the 40 days, they returned from spying out the land. So mission accomplished. The spies come back. And they come to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation, and they showed them this fruit of the land. And they told them, we came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey. Look, this is its fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong. And the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there and the Amalekites that dwell in the land. And then they go through and they talk about the different people, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, and where they live. Verse 30. But Caleb, who was one of these 12 spies that went in, he quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and occupy it. For we are well able to overcome it. But the men who got up with him said, We are not able to go up against these people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, The land though through which we have gone to spy out is a land that devours its inhabitants. That's not a very good report. I don't want to go to a land that devours its inhabitants. Um, And the people that we saw in it are of great height. And there we saw the Nephilim. And this is such an interesting statement. It says, we seem to ourselves like grasshoppers. And so we seemed to them. Chapter 14. Then all the congregation, you see the response to these two perspectives being brought All the congregation raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night. And there's a lot of people, right? We know the Israelites, it was a lot of people. So them weeping would be a very loud sound. And all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. We're going to kind of skip down, but pretty much the people kind of start freaking out. They're like, we should have died in the desert. Why did you bring us here? We should have stayed in Egypt. Let's pick a leader. Let's go back. And Moses and Aaron, their leaders, literally fall on their faces in front of the assembly. I don't know if you can kind of picture what's going on. There's, there's some chaos. And, and then these two spies, Caleb and Joshua, they get up and they tear their clothes in mourning. And Caleb speaks again in verse 7. And he's like, guys, the land which we pass through to spy out, verse 7 of chapter 14, is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land. 
They are bread for us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. In verse 10, the response, Then all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Whoa, that is very... So Caleb is bringing a very unpopular perspective, as you can see. But luckily, the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of the meeting to all the people. And we're going to stop there, and we'll pick up on that in a bit. But I wanted you to see, kind of from top to bottom, the report of the spies. And you know what? There's going to be there's some serious consequences for these people believing one of the perspectives. But like I said, we'll we'll pick back up on that. <laughs> what I think is worth pointing out here is that these twelve men that Moses sent out, they were leaders in their tribes. They were strong men. These were people of influence, right? And these twelve men, they saw the same things practically with their physical eyes. They were given the same instructions. They saw the same cities. They saw the same people or giants. They saw the same fruit and the same land. Yet their response was completely different. Are you with me? The ten spies, they looked ahead, and though they did admit the land was good, what was their focus on? It was all about giants, obstacles, struggles. You can hear fear in their report, right? But the two spies, they saw all of the same things. They looked at the land and the circumstances. They saw the strongholds, but somehow they saw the promise of the land as well. They saw the goodness. They were full of this supernatural faith and courage to take the land. Caleb says, we are well able to overcome it. So guys, how can their response be so different when they're seeing the same things? I think one of the main reasons is that because they had different perspectives. They saw through different eyes. And perspective, we know, is so much more than what our eyes see. The hearts that filtered what those eyes saw were in a different place. Different perspectives, different place in their faith. And we are called to be a people that walk by faith and not by sight. Right? It says that in 2 Corinthians Yet sometimes, I think that our perspective can keep us in a place of unbelief. And we don't enter into all that God has for us. So this morning, I want to explore how changing our perspective can strengthen our faith. And it's kind of this positive loop It's like a cycle because we change our perspective and it strengthens our faith. When our faith is strong, I think it helps shape our perspective. And so it's kind of all connected, but we've got to start somewhere. And so this morning, I want to start with how do we change our perspective if we're not in a place of faith? So that's what I want to do this morning. I want to go through this story and I want to kind of compare and contrast the 10 spies and the two spies and see what was different and how we can change our perspective if we find ourselves in a place that's not of faith. And what's so great this morning is that if you find yourself in a place where you literally have no faith and you've never had faith, you don't know Jesus, that's okay because we're going to talk about how to move to faith 
If you do know him and you feel like you're weak and your faith needs to be strong, you can move towards faith this morning. If your faith is strong, but you know that God has more for you because he does have more for you, for all of us, this city, this church, he has more, we can move towards faith. So wherever you are on that spectrum, we want to talk about changing our perspectives to move towards faith, to strengthen our faith this morning. So come with me, guys, okay? Stick with me here. There's a lot, but we're going to get through it. Okay, Um, so the ten spies, the first thing, the difference. The ten spies, they did not believe the promises of God. That's really what it comes down to. God had promised this land to them as far back as Abraham. So this isn't a new thing. The promised land isn't a new thing. They would have heard about this. Even in Exodus 3, when Moses is talking to God at the burning bush, that's where God says, I'm going to deliver the people into a land flowing with milk and honey. It's not I'm just going to deliver the people out of slavery into the desert. No, I'm going to deliver them into something good. Guys, God doesn't just save us to wander the desert. He wants to deliver us into something good. So this land that's good and broad and flowing with milk and honey, Moses would have talked about this promise to them. These 12 spies that went in and the 10... Moses actually reminds them of this promise right before he sends them into the promised land. He says um, in Deuteronomy 1.21, he says, See, the Lord your God has set the land before you. Go up, take possession, as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has told you. Do not fear and do not be dismayed. This was like his parting charge. So he reminds them of the promise. But the response of the ten, what did we hear? We should not go up, Right? They're stronger than we are. They didn't believe the promises of God. Where there should have been faith in that promise and faith in his power to deliver them, somehow there was fear. There was unbelief. And there was a quote from one of the commentaries that I looked at. I think I I have it up there. But it says, Unbelief overlooks the promises and power of God magnifies every danger and difficulty, and fills the heart with discouragement. It's by Matthew Henry. I'm going to read it again. Unbelief overlooks the promises and power of God, magnifies every danger and difficulty, and fills the heart with discouragement. Does that sound familiar at all? How often can that happen with us? We know what lies ahead. We know the promises of God. We even know what he's doing in our lives or what he's done in the past, and yet somehow unbelief just overlooks those things, and fear creeps in. So that's the ten spies. What about the two spies? They remembered the promises of God. Now, the two spies are Caleb and Joshua, but Caleb is the one that talks most of this passage. I think because Joshua was Moses' right-hand man, maybe he didn't feel like what he said had as much weight, or maybe Caleb was just more vocal. But you can hear Caleb. He says, he actually references that promise um, that Moses reminds them of right before he sends them out. Caleb says, if the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into the land and give it to us. So the two spies, they remembered the promises. So if changing our perspective strengthens our faith, then I want to say the first way we can start to change our perspective is by remembering his promises. 
remembering his promises, looking back at what God has spoken. We know that his word is full of promises. If you don't have any promises over your life, start to read this word. It is full of promises. His word does not return void. We know that God is not a man that he should lie. He is faithful to his word. So for us, looking back, look back at your life. What are some of the words that God has given you over your life? What are some of the promises? Maybe they're prophetic words. Maybe they're your favorite verses. They're like your life verses. They're on your mirror. They're on your fridge. They're all over so you can't forget them. What are some of those words? Because reminding ourselves of his promises will strengthen our faith. I don't know. It does to me. And I think it did to Caleb. It helps us look past our circumstances and our fear because sometimes life can be a little overwhelming. And I feel like these promises help us glimpse in the future of what God sees. It's almost like squinting through the fog. The picture God gave me, um, well, I'm in our office and there's a picture of a lighthouse. So maybe it was just I was looking at the lighthouse, but maybe God reminded me. But, you know, that says that the word is the lamp onto our feet, Right. I almost felt like God was saying like his promises are almost like a lighthouse. It's like through the fog we can see, we can glimpse this light. And it's guiding us where to go. His promises lighting the way. Despite what our physical eyes see, despite the fog I think that can get in the way sometimes. If you find yourself in a place of unbelief or fear this morning or maybe even apathy... That's a dangerous place too. Start reminding yourselves of his promises. Remembering his promises is one of the ways we can start to adjust our perspective. The next thing I want to point out between the ten and the two. So it says that the ten spies looked at themselves. Mm. So chapter 13, verse 33, they talk about these people of great height Right? And then it says that we seem to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. They looked at themselves, and their faith, their courage, their resolve kind of dwindled. They looked at themselves, and their perspective became narrowed. How many of you know that if we look at ourselves, we will never be able to enter into what God has called us to? Or is that just me? I'll tell you what, let's be real. This week, if I looked at myself, there's no way I would be up here. Um, you know, the weeks that you know you have to preach, you're trying to like, I don't know, you almost feel like you have to be super spiritual, right? Like you just like, okay, God, I just want to seek you. I want to seek your face. And, and of course, it's this week that our my, my husband and I, Paul, like our work schedules were just opposite. We didn't really see each other. I work shift work. I'm a nurse at the hospital. So we didn't, hadn't seen each other very much. And when we don't see each other very much, we don't have as much grace for each other. Um, I'm glad it's that way and it's not the other way around. Like if we saw a lot of each other, no. When we don't see each other, our, yeah, we don't have as much grace for each other. And we were with another couple talking about like real serious things. And I was so rude and I cut Paul off and was just not very respectful and not very polite. And I went home thinking, like, oh, like, why am I the one preaching this week? Like, <laughs> fail, fail, epic fail. And, uh, yeah, and, 
And I mean, I haven't even made my bed this week. Like, let's be real. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, mom. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh. But you know what? In that, God reminded me it is really not about me on my own. Um, I could tell you about my weaknesses all day long. And you know what? It wouldn't build your faith. <laughs> and it wouldn't build my faith either. Because we were never meant to build our faith by looking at ourselves. We were never meant to build our faith by looking inwards. Looking inwards for change is only going to get us so far. And you hear a lot of that in the world. Like, you know, look to yourself, positive thinking. You know what? It's, it's a lot more than that. Um, yeah. We were never meant to look to ourselves for faith. The two spies, though, they got this right. They looked to God instead of themselves. In chapter 14 in Numbers, Caleb says, He will bring us into the land. He says, He, God, will fight for us. Their protection is removed from them. The Lord is with us. So that's the second key to changing our perspective, guys. Looking to God. It may seem simple, but this will make all the difference. Instead of looking at ourselves, look to God. Looking to God will strengthen your faith. Because when you hear Caleb, you can tell where his hope lies. You can tell where he is looking, where his eyes are locked. He said, we are well able to overcome because the Lord is with us. So he doesn't just remember the promises of God. Caleb actually believes them, and then he looks to God to fulfill those promises in his present time of need. So it's not just remembering what God says. It's looking to him to fulfill it in our present time of need. Guys, where are we looking when we come up against life, against discouragement, against challenges? Where are we looking? Are we looking to ourselves? I think if we look at ourselves, the future, fear, unbelief, that stuff can become overwhelming. But when we look to God, we can have faith for what's ahead and what he's bringing us into. And this is probably the biggest piece of changing our perspective, is looking to God. Putting our faith in who he is. His power, his strength, his wisdom, his provision. Because he has promised to be with us. He has promised to never leave us, never forsake us. You know, this King Jesus, he is victorious. He has never lost a battle. He has defeated death. He has defeated darkness. That should stir our faith. He is the risen King. This is the King that we serve and the King that we follow into battle. This is not about us. This is about the God that is with us. And that's where it's so much more than just positive thinking. The world has kind of taken some truth and they've just gone down another direction. But as I was talking about this, I'm like, oh, this kind of sounds like, you know, just change your perspective, guys. Like, be positive. It's, it's so much more than that. It's looking to God and knowing who he is. It's saying, 
Jesus, I need you to be with me and to move in me and to take me into what you have for me, to fight on my behalf, to be my strength. It's so much more than positive thinking. Just like the Israelites were never meant to take the promised land on their own, we are not meant to take this on our own either. We are to look to him Right? We know that our battles are not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. So don't look at yourself in the face of obstacles and lose faith. Don't become like a grasshopper this morning. Okay? Looking to God is where we're going to find our strength, where we're going to find our confidence, where I'm finding any strength or confidence this morning. If your faith is weak, you need to shift your perspective Look at the greatness of our God today and remember that he is for you. The next thing I want to point out that's a difference between the ten and the two is the ten spies. should have some water. The ten spies, after they saw the land, after they didn't believe the promises of God, after they looked at themselves, Then they spoke out fear, and they spoke out unbelief. What do they say, right? They say, the people are strong, the cities are fortified, they're very large, we're not able to overcome them, they're stronger than us. Scripture says they gave a bad report. In Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, it says they murmured in their tents. Murmur does not sound like a good word if somebody's murmuring. They murmured in their tents. And it actually says in Deuteronomy that the bad report that they, give, that they gave melted the hearts of the people. I thought that was such a great play on words that they melted their courage, it melted their faith. There's such power in what we speak and what we declare with our mouths. We know that the power of life and death, right, are in the tongue. But what did the two spies say? Because there, what Caleb says is quite different. He says, we are well able to overcome it. In Numbers 14, verse 9, he says, do not fear the people of the land, for they are bread for us. He almost sounds cocky. (laughs) They are bread for us. We're going to eat them for lunch. Their protection is removed from them. The Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Caleb spoke life. He spoke encouragement. Even though the entire time he was seeing the same things that they saw. So the third thing to change our perspective. So it's remembering the promises of God. Looking to God. The third thing is speaking life. Speaking life strengthens our faith. It can shift our perspective. There are power in our words, right? We know that it's out of the overflow of the heart that the mouth speaks. So as we change our perspectives and look to God, let the overflow of that faith and that trust in him, let that be what our mouths speak. And it's not just a good pep talk, right? It's not so much more than positive thinking. (laughs) Positive thinking really bothered me, if you can't tell, when I was preparing for this preach, because it sounds good, but there's something missing. And yeah, it's like, I don't think Caleb saw the giants and the cities and the battles that he knew were to come. And then he was like, I'm just going to be really positive today. (laughs) 
Like, he... He spoke out against the majority of his friends, his fellow leaders, and his relatives. Right? They wanted to stone him. He wasn't just practicing positive thinking. He was able to speak life and to speak faith because he believed it. And we are called to speak life because we believe it. You know, I work with nurses who are amazing, compassionate people. But let me tell you, a lot of them aren't used to speaking life. I think work is hard. You see a lot. You get burnt. And speaking life at work sometimes is like an uphill battle. (laughs) I feel like I'm just trying to be positive, you know. But it's, it's easier to join the crowd. But let me tell you, speaking life, it can change the atmosphere that you're in. Speaking life does strengthen our faith. And it doesn't only strengthen our faith. It strengthens the faith of the people around us, too. Just like a bad report could melt the hearts of the people, speaking life and encouragement can put courage into somebody else's heart. Let's be the ones that declare the goodness of God. Let's be speaking life, declaring what God can do in a situation. Let's speak life of other people. Let's speak life of their character. We all have shortcomings. Let's speak life. Right? What God can do in a situation, what God can restore, what he's already done. I could go on about that, but speaking life strengthens our faith. It changes our perspective. And I want to call some of us out this morning, and I'm going to call myself out as I do it. Um, and I just think sometimes we can be like, well, I'm not negative. I'm just a realist. And I am. I'm very realistic. Paul makes fun of me all the time because I don't want to celebrate anything until, like, it's a done deal. Like, I don't count my chickens before my eggs. Like, yeah, he used to make fun of me because, yeah, anyway. Um, he always, yeah. I want to celebrate when I know that it's done. And because maybe I'm, because I say I'm realistic. But I think the ten spies, in many ways, they were being realistic. The cities were fortified, right? We hear about Jericho. The cities were fortified. The people were descendants of giants. They were probably large. They were being realistic. And I think sometimes we could almost cop out of speaking life because we're being realistic. We kind of give ourselves a pass. And I don't think there's anything wrong with being realistic. Like, don't don't, uh, just speak rainbows and butterflies all the time. Like, don't sugarcoat something just to be positive or be full of faith or speak life. Don't sugarcoat something. I think we can be realistic, but then we need to look to God. And then we need to remember what he says. And we need to speak from that place. Right? Because even Jesus says, when the blind men come to him, I think it's Matthew 9, But the blind man come to be healed. And Jesus says, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And the blind men say, yes, Lord. And he says, according to your faith, so be it. And I just thought, you know, something is revealed. Our faith is revealed in what we speak. So let's be speaking life. In the face of difficulty or uncertainty, in the face of life, what are we speaking out? And you know what's so great today is that if you and I don't hear much faith in our words, 
we don't have to stay there. I think we all have moments in life where we forget the promises of God. Or we look at ourselves and we lose faith. Or we we speak out this fear, unbelief, or worry instead of the other way around. But we don't have to stay there. And the truth is, we actually can't afford to stay there. Because if we continue on that path, if we look at what happened to the ten spies, right, the end result, I said we get back to it. So the, the ten spies, they bring this report back. It melts the heart of the people. But the nation chooses to believe this perspective of the ten. And they actually miss out on all that God has promised. The ten guys, they actually die of the plague shortly after their bad report. And their report, their bad report that spread, God actually says now that everyone over the age of 20 cannot enter the promised land. So they have to now wander in the desert for about 38 years, wait for that generation to die off. And their children are the ones that get to take the land. A whole generation must wander in the desert because in the place of faith, they believed fear and unbelief. Fear crept in. And I think the consequence of their unbelief is pretty hard to swallow, right? That's like, whoa. Um, And maybe it doesn't seem quite that dramatic in our lives, and I kind of hope it's not. But for us, you guys, salvation is settled. If you're saved this morning and you say, I'm a child of God, if you know Jesus, if you've declared with your mouth that he is the Son of God, salvation is settled, right? Just like the ten spies were already free. They were free from bondage. They were free from slavery. But this is actually about entering into all that God has for us. His promises, his plan, his best for us. And how sad it is to think that a whole generation, a whole generation missed out on the good things that God had for them. They only saw obstacles and difficulties, but it was actually good land that he had. I don't want us to miss out on the good things that God has for us in this city, in this church, in your life. Because we're looking through a perspective of unbelief. And I know there's times in our life where maybe we don't go deeper, right? Because of unbelief. But man, what a price we pay. What about the two? So the end result. We know what happened with the ten. What about these two guys who saw the land with eyes of faith? who looked with a perspective full of faith. We know that Joshua, he goes on to lead the people of Israel. He goes on to take the land. And if you think of the book of Joshua, what do you think about? What's the most quoted verse in Joshua? Be strong and very courageous. That's like Joshua's legacy. Be strong and very courageous. He's the guy that got to take the land. And what about Caleb, the other spy, with a good report, right? He's the one that does most of the talking. In Numbers 14, verse 24, God says of Caleb, he says, But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land into which he went, and his descendants shall possess it. Caleb was able to take the land, and God actually says he has a different spirit 
and he followed me wholeheartedly. His legacy became one of following God wholeheartedly. His legacy was one of faithfulness, a faithful warrior, willing to take the land in his old age. Wow, I want my legacy to be that. I want my legacy to be that I followed the Lord wholeheartedly into all that he had for me. And man, I was convicted as I studied this, and I'm convicted as I speak, because I know that there's times that I sit in unbelief instead of stepping into what God has for me. Our perspective can affect where we are going and whether we walk into what God has for us. So my challenge to you this morning, check your perspective. Be real. Repent if you need to. Shift your perspective if necessary. If you're looking at life, the future, the, maybe the current battle you're in, I don't want to underestimate what people are walking through in their lives right now. I know people are walking through trials right now. Disappointment, sickness. There's all sorts. This world is a crazy place sometimes, right? We are facing all sorts of things. What you are seeing with your eyes, don't settle in a place of fear or unbelief. If you need to change your perspective this morning, let's be like Caleb. Let's change our perspective by remembering his promises, looking to God, and then speaking life. And as we do those things, let God come and strengthen your faith. Let him build your hope. That um, quote that I read at the beginning, um, I don't know if you could put it back up there, the one on unbelief, yeah. So I kind of rewrote this from a different perspective. And this is what my prayer would be today for you guys. So instead of unbelief, it's that faith looks and holds to the promise and power of God, puts into perspective every difficulty, magnifies his strength, and fills the heart with courage. I'm going to read that one more time. And this is my prayer for you guys. As you shift your perspective to strengthen your faith, to be able to walk into what all that God has for you and I and us as a body. Faith looks and holds to the promise and power of God, puts into perspective every difficulty, magnifies his strength, and fills the heart with courage. Look to him today.